You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Charlie Nunn, the CEO of Lloyd's Banking Group. Charlie, thank you so much for coming to speak to us. So let me ask you about this, this guidance and the, the, the contrast that we see in the guidance message versus what you're sort of reporting backward looking. Uh, on, the, on the guidance, you've increased guidance around return on tangible equity, around net interest margins. But on the second quarter, uh, it seems that you've, you've missed estimates because of higher impairment charges. What kind of message are you looking to, to parcel onto the market this morning? Morning, Anna. It's great to be here. So, I mean, first of all, we had robust financial performance in the first quarter. It's obviously a, a challenging external environment for our customers in this context, and we've had a lot of focus on supporting customers. But what we've announced today are robust uh, financial re performance for Q2. And as you say, we had guided to uh, the year 2023 evolving in a very specific way. And we've actually raised our guidance for the second part of the year. I think the third message, which is really important, is the confidence we have around the strategy we're executing and our recommitment to our targets for really growing uh, the organization and supporting our customers in 2024 and 2026. Mm. OK, so, so those are th th that's your commitment there. On the uh, second quarter numbers, though, that higher impairment charge, what's the trajectory that you now brace for, though, in terms of impairments at Lloyds Banking Group? Yeah, actually, in terms of our impairments and our credit uh, performance, it's been really resilient. Uh, we guided at the start of the year and in Q1, uh, our impairment numbers were about 30 basis points uh, in terms of our guidance for the year. When you look at the underlying impairments for qu quarter two, it was 29 basis points, so very much in line with our guidance. And that's what we continue to see, real resilience around our credit portfolios. Uh, the additional add-on in Q2 was specific to some economic scenarios. We updated our outlook for the economy. And uh, although it's a bit stronger in 2023, we actually are saying that there's not going to be a recession in 2023 now. There's going to be modest growth. We are also predicting, because rates will be higher for longer, that unemployment will get a bit higher into 2025. And so the economic adjustments we made to our impairments reflect that forward-looking view. Underlying impairments show real resilience, and we're guiding to the same guidance we've given for the last six months. Mm, OK, but it's that, the, the effect of higher unemployment rates that you're sort of factoring into your macro assumptions there that has that effect. Let me think about other vulnerabilities in the UK economy. And of course, this takes me to the mortgage market, Charlie. You are Britain's biggest mortgage lender over at Lloyd's. Um, how vulnerable do you think that the, the market is in terms of mortgages uh, around remortgaging? This is going to be a strain on many households this year. Yeah, so it's been a really challenging six months, nine months for our customers in a very dynamic market. Actually, what we're seeing again is, is enormous resilience of our customers. Uh, just to give you a few stats, uh, in the last six months, customers who have come off a two or five year mortgage deal have increased their monthly payments by about £180 per month. As we look to the second half of the year, that's going to be more like £350. So a, a really significant increase for our customers. Uh, now, the good news in that context is 
Um, the majority of our mortgage customers, first of all, are on fi fixed price deals. So actually only about 35% of our mortgage customers will see an increase in their interest rates this year. That means people that locked in a 1%, 2% deal in the last few years mm. are going to continue to be protected from interest rates going forward. And then for those okay, customers so facing... Sorry, Anna. So, carry on. Sorry, carry on, Charlie. No, and then for those customers facing into those, those higher uh, mortgage payments... Uh, the average salary of, or household income for a mortgage customer is £75,000. So it's challenging. They need to adjust what their, their spending patterns are. But the vast majority of our mortgage customers we're seeing are adjusting well. And we've not seen an okay. increase in arrears overall in that context. OK, and what are, what are customers turning to if they come off those fixed deals, Charlie, to try and cushion themselves? Are they looking to new five-year deals? We heard this recently from NatWest because they're looking for certainty. Or more recently, perhaps looking at trackers because they're assuming maybe we get to the end of the hiking cycle. What's, what are people doing? Yeah, so actually in Q4 last year after the mini-budget, there was a real growth in trackers, people looking at a tracker, and that lasted for three or four months. Actually, again, as we've come into this year, we're, looking, we're seeing our customers look for more certainty again. And it's balanced between five-year and two-year deals, but they really value that certainty. And that's what we're seeing customers look at. OK, and what impact is, is, is all of this in the market, uh, mortgage market having on mortgage margins, given what you've said there about the, the, the salaries of the people that you provide mortgages to? Maybe not too much, but what, what's, uh, what's the margin outlook for the mortgage business? So again, our guidance around mortgage margins has been consistent. Uh, mortgage margins are tight. They're about 50 basis points. Um, and if you compare that to some of the mortgages that are rolling off, those that were two years ago, for example, two, three years ago now in 2021, mortgage margins at that stage were more like 150 to 200 basis points. Now that's great because that means although uh, with interest rates going up, mortgages now are much mm. higher cost for our customers. They're one to 2% lower than they would be. So that's, that's good in that context. And that's why we guided towards our net interest income and net interest margin declining in Q2, uh, which is what we've seen. Actually, it's declined a bit less than we guided to, but we saw uh, that our mortgage customers would be getting tighter rates and that we would be passing on more to our savers. And that's what's happened. OK, uh, can I turn to another subject that, of course, has got a lot of attention recently? Nigel Farage publicising, of course, the fact that he has been debanked, as the verb goes, and uh, he's trying to find banking facilities. And it's sparked a wider conversation about this topic. I wonder if you're revisiting your, your debanking policies at Lloyds Banking Group, the criteria that you apply if you decide to withdraw someone's bank account, Charlie. Are you revisiting those policies? No, we're not revisiting them. We had a really clear policy uh, that meant we didn't look at people's political preferences or their personal beliefs as part of the decision as to whether we either opened an account or closed an account for a customer. So we're confident that that's the right policy. Obviously, we did receive a letter from the Economic Secretary this week, uh, and we we've got a meeting later today where we're going to talk through are there any, any enhancements we should be putting in place around um, how we, when we close accounts for customers. And as we get the details of that, we'll absolutely be looking at it in that context. But our policy, I believe, at the moment is the right one for, for what we think mm. we're doing for our customers. And, Charlie, do you think, then, that we will see a change of any regulation as a result of this? And, of course, this might be different when we're talking about ordinary consumers and we're ordinary customers and we're talking about politically exposed persons. But in either of those categories, do you expect to see changes in regulation? I think I do. Uh, even just the early discussions uh, with the economic secretary, uh, there's a point around disclosure and giving people 90 days rather than uh, 60 days 
notice around account closures. Uh, but let's let's wait and see what comes out. I expect some some changes, but obviously the core of what we do, which is how do we assess a customer and and what our policy is, I think the core of that will will stay the same. Mm. I wonder if you feel, I mean, you're going to the Treasury today. A lot has been made of the fact that NatWest, of course, has a, a government shareholder. So you're not in the same place over at Lloyds Banking Group. But the whole sector must feel under quite a lot of political pressure at the moment. And I suppose it's understandable, perhaps, given the role that banking plays. And if people are not able to access the digital payments economy, then that's, then that's a, a big deal these days. How do, you, how do you think we move forward in this? Because banks want to maintain some freedom to say yes or no to customers, but at the same time, they're providing an increasingly necessary service. Oh, Anna, you know, I've always believed that the role financial services plays is really important for our society, for our economic development, and then for how we support uh, the politics and social uh, fabric of an economy. Our purpose statement is helping Britain prosper, and that's what we've always been focused on. So for me, this just highlights the importance of financial services. Uh, and I, I welcome the conversations with the government. You know, a good example was the mortgage uh, charter that we launched a few weeks ago after conversations with the Chancellor and our regulators. It was a great example of us coming together to try and make sure, see if we could do anything in addition to support customers at the moment indeed. And I'd expect that to continue to be the way we operate in the UK. Mm. Uh, thinking of people uh, you know, far away from the Nigel Farage example, but uh, at another end of the income spectrum, if you like, uh, areas of, of society that maybe have felt debanked for a long time are not able to access banking facilities. Is it OK for people to not be able to accept bank banking facilities in this century? Well, so at Lloyds Banking Group, we, we have 26 million customers. We, we have a relationship with half the households in the UK. And actually, for those uh, uh, that... You're, I think you're talking about, we have a basic bank account service and we are by far the biggest provider of basic bank account services to the UK. So we believe that that service should be available and we certainly make it available to our customers and we make it available through all channels. So that's absolutely our belief. Okay, really interesting. So thank you for going into the sort of that, that, that conversation with me. But stepping back a little to, to, to the broader story around the UK economy, we focused on the mortgage market, the vulnerabilities there. You've talked about your changing macro assumptions and what that does to the impairments that you're factoring in. But overall, you're, you're, you're telling a more positive story than maybe six months ago around the UK economy, Charlie. How would you assess the, the UK economy right now? So it's fragile, I think, is the answer, and it's creating uncertainty for our customers. Uh, what we've adjusted in our economic forecast is more positive for 2023, but it actually creates a more challenging environment for the UK over the next two or three years. Uh, we're not predicting a recession. We're predicting slower growth, and that's because we think uh, the pressure on interest rates and inflation is now stickier than we assessed it at, in Q1 and at the end of the year uh, last year. So uh, it's a fragile economy. It's one that we can see has uh, some growth, but limited growth. The good news is that we still think unemployment will remain low, even though we, we are predicting it will increase. And we think house prices, mm. although we're seeing a 5% fall this year, will remain relatively stable. But we absolutely need to get um, investment back into the economy and to, to support customer and business sentiment so we can start uh, investing in jobs and growth and productivity again. Yes, and, and I know we've talked about your strategy and you've said you're confident in it, but I wonder how your strategy sits with that as an economic backdrop. It involves digital, it involves corporate banking, but it also involves growing the wealth offering. Is that something that is, is, is well-timed right now or are you having concerns about that, Charlie? 
No, it is well-timed. Well, it was very, very, very focused on what we called mass affluent, but it's not uh, the high-end private banking services. This is everyday people with everyday money to invest. And what we're seeing, whether it's in their pension assets, simple investments or savings, is this is a moment in time when people need to build their financial resilience. And actually, Anna, what we've seen at Lloyds Banking Group is we had about £70 billion of additional savings that came into Lloyds Banking Group through COVID. Uh, we still have about £60 billion of that. So for those customers that are looking to build their future financial resilience, this is a really important moment in time for them to be thinking about how do they invest that money and protect themselves and their families for the future. So it, it couldn't be a better time for us to be engaging customers on, that, on that, those issues. OK, thank you so much uh, for joining us, Charlie. Really nice to have you on the programme today. Charlie Nunn, the CEO of Lloyds Banking Group. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.